Welcome back to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. Can I just get something off my chest? Yes, ma'am. You know, one of my least favorite things in life? Sushi. Oh, no, I love sushi. <laughs> I knew that. I was just oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love sushi. No, and this happened to me today. Coming to see you mm. today, I was late. I hate being late. I hate being late. I hate it when other people are late. <laughs> it drives me up the wall. Yeah, I hate being late too. I hate being late because I grew up being late. All the like, time? Before I could drive and I didn't have any control. <laughs> and so if I had a marching band practice to be at, chances are I would be late, which means I would get in trouble. But then <sighs> I couldn't get there sooner. So I remember, I have no idea how old I was. I was probably 14, but... My mom decided that we needed to stop at the drugstore before going to something, and I don't even know what I was going to. And I remember being in the parking lot of Sid's Drugstore in Erlanger, Kentucky, um, being really mad because we were late and determining in that moment, <laughs> early teen years, I'm never going to be late ever for anything. Never. Which, of course, I have been late because things happen. But in general, I'm usually early. I like to be early. And I'm not, I'm not crazy early. Like my friend Steve Rice, who says if I'm not an hour early, I'm late. <laughs> Oh, no. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm I talking about. I can't do that. But I I typically walk in, you know, two to five minutes before I, I need to be there because I just want to be on time because I want to honor everybody else's time. Bingo. And I I want to make the most of my time. And oh, so it, it allows me to do both of those things. And the only way I can do that is if I keep a really thorough, careful calendar very often, especially if I'm driving somewhere that's more than 20 minutes away, I'll actually put drive time in my calendar. That's a great idea. Because I want to know. And, and I think uh, I think on your iPhone, your Apple calendar will configure that automatically for you. Um, and I, it may happen on Google Calendar as well. Like I think there are tools already in place technology-wise that will allow you to build in drive time like from your current location to that place. I need this. Yeah. I need this in my there life. There you go. So now you can do drive time. Uh, I have a, a concert tomorrow night in LaGrange, Kentucky with the Kentucky Baptist Convention Men's Corral. And that means I need to leave Bowling Green about two and a half hours before plus the time change. And so all of that just helps me manage my calendar. So I thought it'd be, um, I, I can't say fun for you, the listener, but fun for me, <laughs> fun for Bethany, for us to talk about calendaring because calendaring has become a really big part of the way that I am able to achieve the things I feel like I need to achieve and honor the people I want to honor. So if you haven't listened to the podcast before this yes. about goal setting, stop right here. We'll still be here when you come back and <laughs> yes. go and listen to that because everything that we're about to talk about heavily relies on that. Although if I could sum it up in a small little bite. Let's see how you do. It would be <laughs> that... <clears throat> our values in life, the things that we value the most, mm -hmm. are communicated most clearly by our goals. And if mm. we don't have goals, other things become, they take up all of our time so that we can't spend our time on the things that are worth the most to us. Yes. And you said you hate being late or other people being late because it seems dishonoring. Mm -hmm. So because we value people, right. we don't want to be late. 
We want to value our own time and other people's time. Mm -hmm. And I looked at your calendar just now. It was it was kind of amazing just to look <laughs> at it. But I thought to myself, this right here, what I'm looking at is someone who values their own time as much as mm. they value other people's time. Yeah. And I think that could be revolutionary for a lot of people listening to this. It's I hope not so. just prioritizing other people's time. Right. It's prioritizing our time. Yes. And in fact, if you don't prioritize your own time, then you will always be at the mercy of everybody else's time. And so if somebody says, hey, can you meet with me? The answer is always yes. I, I'm not famous. I'm not big time. I'm not in a giant church. I don't care who it is. If they want to meet with me, the answer is probably yes. So if you're listening and we've never met, <laughs> reach out. Come on, let's go get some coffee. He's super um, fun. Or whatever. Oh, not like you are, but thanks. Um, <laughs> I am a, also very fun. <laughs> if you I'm want to meet seven. with me. I'm not an Enneagram 7, so I'm not as fun as you are. You say that. Uh, I, I know, I, I know, know, but my that. children think I am. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Yes, I, the answer is always yes, but the answer may not be until like next week or three weeks from now or whatever, mm -hmm. because my calendar reflects my priorities, which are determined by my goals, which are bathed in, as the last episode talked about, uh, prayer and thought and consideration and relationship communication. So I really want to make sure that my calendar reflects my values and that my values are expressed. And uh, and so I, I start with calendaring um, recurring events, things I know are going to happen. You know, it's really important to me to go to church on Sunday. I work here. <laughs> so that needs to be on my calendar. Uh -huh. and, and if something's going to get in the way, it's like, okay, vacation bumps that or... Um, Medical Severe emergencies, sickness, yes, or, yes. <laughs> or uh, surgery. You know, if I need to be out, I'll plan around that, etc. But the recurring events, they just go on the calendar, and then I plan around them. So it's not just worship services or uh, choir rehearsals. It's also staff meetings. Um, I have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my pastor every other week on Wednesday morning, so that's on the calendar every other week, and I just know. But that also means the opposite week, I have that hour free, and I can schedule things during that slot. And so I, I, I like to start by getting the recurring events on my calendar. Google Calendar is wonderful there for this, by the way. I hear, I hear the, um, the Apple Calendar is also fantastic for this. I think it operates quite similarly to, to Google Calendar. Um, you don't have to use an electronic calendar, but one of the brilliances of an electronic calendar is that recurring events thing. It's super easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to go in and block out on my you know week at a glance calendar like I did back in the '90s because I'm ancient. <laughs> um, when staff meeting was every week, I can just set that up on my Google Calendar, and then I want to calendar big chunks after that. And so I've got these goals that we talked about last time, and. Uh, I'll go through my calendar, which I've just done for 2020, and I'll calendar my goals. And so six prayer retreats in 2020, those are already on my calendar. And I trans I, I actually do the, the annual calendaring on a paper calendar. I don't know why, but it helps me to see it laid out uh, kind of the whole year, and I can't do that on a computer monitor. Um, so I, I also have six writing retreats um, planned for 2020. Um, I have long-range planning. I'll come back to that, but I have long-range planning half a day uh, every other month on the calendar. I have vacation already blocked out on the calendar for 2020 because those are really important things to me. And it's not that they can't be changed. It's that they can't go away. 
And again, it's where my Google Calendar helps so much because if, if I've got a, a prayer retreat scheduled for Friday, which I do um, this week, and somebody in my ministry has a funeral in their family, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do the prayer retreat. I'm going to go to that funeral because that person's need trumps my desire to even do something like a prayer retreat. But I just grab that block and I move it to a different day. And then I have to shuffle the calendar. And then I want to calendar family events. I want to do things that are fun with my family. I want to go to a Cincinnati Reds baseball game because that's where I grew up. Or uh, I want to go to a Titans football game because I have folks in my ministry that are Titans fans. Or I want to go to a Western because we're in Bowling Green. I want to go to a Western football game and tailgate with friends just because that's fun. And I want to do stuff around my kids. And so if, if my daughter's in a concert, then I want to go to that concert and I want to put that on the calendar. So I plan around it. I want to take family trips. I want to, I don't want to just go on vacation twice a year, you know, for a week. I want to go on something like leave on Friday afternoon, come back Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Let's just go. Let's take, what if I took my wife away for a bed and breakfast trip once a quarter? Mm -hmm. I want that on the calendar. If I don't calendar it, it's never going to happen. We are, for the first time ever, we are season tickets holder to the Orchestra Kentucky events there at Skypack this year. And we're loving that so much. We've only been once, but it's on our calendar. <laughs> and so the next calendar, the next time that we have tickets, like if somebody invites us to do something that night, I, man, I wish I could. Can we look at another night? And having those family events on the calendar, date night on the calendar is a very big deal. And again, they're flexible. Mm -hmm but they're on there. And then once all those things are there, you know, the recurring events that I just know are gonna happen, the big chunks, vacation and, and big goal planning and then family events, then I can really calendar some of my goals work. So right now we're wrapping up our worship ministry handbook. I'm gonna put on my calendar, I'm gonna block out time to work on that because it's a goal and it needs to be met before the end of the year, and I want to get it done, and so I'm just going to set aside time on the calendar. If I don't do this, somebody else is going to take up the time on my calendar. Absolutely. It will happen. And it does happen unless I'm relentless with paying attention to my own calendar, and that means I have to say no to things I really want to do, <laughs> and that's so hard, but when I see it on my calendar... It's easier to say no because they're really, it's not just that I want to and I, and I should or I shouldn't. It's, I just can't. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. There is this event that's already on there and it helps me so much to be able to look at my computer screen and say, oh man, I wish I could do that. I'm so sorry. I can't. Could we do it another time? And that what, helps. What you're saying is that this structuring yes. to some people may seem restrictive, Ooh, but I love to where you... You're going. It brings freedom. Brings extraordinary freedom. Yeah. And it's kind of like playing with a click. You <laughs> oh, know? let's not talk about oh, that. Oh, we have to talk about it for just a minute. No. I, I want to have <laughs> I want to have an objective standard. <clears throat> you know, kind of like Jesus came full of grace and truth. He was full of truth. There is an objective standard to our faith. And I think the click track is a great metaphor for that. We can all play at the same time, or we can all play at our own time. And eventually, after having, I don't play, I sing, um, but led worship with a click now for two years, I find so much more freedom now with a click than I had before we ever played with a click. And that blows my mind. It's, wait, how can I have more freedom 
when I have that strict guideline? And the, the answer is because the strict guideline is what provides the freedom. My pastor described it this way because my pastor is an artist. He's a painter. Um, his undergrad degree from Western is in art. Um, he said every artist has to determine the medium or the media of their art and then what that media looks like. So if I want to do a painting, what's that going to be on? It's going to be on canvas. Okay, now the next question is what size canvas? Because mm -hmm. that determines... It determines so everything about whatever they create on the art. Mm -hmm. Am I doing a three inch by three inch canvas or a three foot by three foot canvas? Because that determines every decision that follows about color, about shading, about the subject itself, about detail. How much paint to buy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All of that's defined by the boundaries. And so the calendar gives me the boundaries that create then the opportunity to create a work of art with the way that I manage my time. And the way you manage your time. It's not that it's not a comparison thing. It's just about making the most of every opportunity. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Yes. About making the most of every opportunity. And I can do that when I build in enough time to not only do the event, but also prepare for the event well and walk into the event at my best. And if I don't give myself enough time to sleep, if I don't give myself enough time to be with friends, if I don't give myself a day off to Sabbath and go see a movie or take a walk just because I want to, not because I'm trying to get exercise, or if I don't take time to be with my wife, then the church is going to see that my ministry suffers because my marriage suffers. You know, I mean, the cascading effect of not managing our time well is um, really dramatic and powerful. And I had no idea early on in ministry exactly how much I would benefit from having um, a very carefully thought through calendar that gives me great freedom to do the things that I feel like God has called me to do, gifted me to do, um, specifically asked me to do, and generally asked me to do. So I love, I love spending time on my calendar. I feel like this is missing somehow. Really? I mean, hmm. who taught you how to do this? Like I, uh, I they don't teach you how to do yeah. this in school. You know, it, it's something that my husband says often about something slightly different, but mm -hmm. they, he says they teach you things in school, but they don't teach you how to learn. They don't teach you how to study. Interesting. And in, in the same way, I think, you know, the world, the church, our job, everything is like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. But I don't find a lot of places that are like, well, this is how you can fit this into a realistic time frame. Yeah. How do you calendar? How do you set goals? How do you wow. make your calendar reflect your goals? Where do you get this information from? Where did you get it from first? Was it something that, like you said, you didn't know that this would benefit you years ago. So right. obviously you missed it too. Yeah. Somehow, like growing up, this was not part of our education in life somehow. I love that question. I wish I were prepared to answer it. Uh, <laughs> three things come to mind. Let me see if I can remember all three. Uh, the first one is the pain of failure is how I learned. Um, not showing up for lunch with somebody that was really important to me and then getting the phone call of, hey, where are you? Aren't we supposed to meet here? Ugh, that's the worst. Um, that's so painful to me. That is so dishonoring of that person. And I really want to do what Romans 12 says and outdo others with honor. I want to honor people. Um, and so just really the pain of that. Secondly, I would say the pain of not being well-prepared. God gave me this extraordinary gift to think on the fly, which is why I'm able to ask your question. I'm so grateful um, <laughs> that is not in the script You're doing anywhere. Good. You're doing good. Uh, and so because I can think on my feet, I learn to rely to th think on my feet. And I have seldom been at my best 
when I was thinking on my feet unless I was thoroughly prepared. And so walking into, uh, you know, giving a talk at a conference um, in my church, preaching a sermon, leading worship, the moment right before the song when I want to say something that's compelling and beautiful and uh, and really draws people into the lyric that we're about to sing. Uh, if I do that ill-prepared, then that's painful. And I just got really tired of those pains. And so building in time to prepare, uh, we now do song maps for the songs that we lead in worship, which means the band and the vocalists and the tech team all know the not just the sequence, but they know who's singing when, who's playing when, what scripture is going to be on the screen in the interlude. And all of that comes from just planning better. And when we all walk into rehearsal and they all have looked at their song map, it's amazing how much freedom we have because we have the boundaries that have been laid out. Because when you have them, you mm -hmm. can deviate from oh, them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can move things to somewhere else, yeah. you know, in your calendar or during a service. If you yeah. have it planned out and you really want to just sing spontaneously when you do the bridge one more time, for right. example. Yes. You can do that. Yes. And I do that because I plan a 63-minute service and we have a 70-minute window. And if we have a 70-minute window, you know, I, I don't... I don't want to fill 70 minutes because then we don't have room Any to do those things. Room. The pastor can't say in the moment, I have this thought. And we have three services on a Sunday morning. We have to get people in and out of the building. It's not just that we have 70 minutes because, you know, that's a human number. Actually, our church would love to have a 90-minute service. <laughs> um, but we we need to value everybody's time. So we do the 8, 9, 30, 11 thing. And because we have 70 minutes, I don't ever want to plan more than 65 because that just robs all of the moments that... It's not unusual at all for my pastor to step up right before the sermon and he'll sing the chorus again that we just sang. And nobody plans that, but that happens two or three or four times a year. And it's always just like the most beautiful, powerful mm -hmm. moment of the day. I don't want to take, I want to plan margin. And so on my calendar, there's always white space. Because if there's no white space on my calendar, I'm not going to have any white space in my life. Exactly. And if you've ever tried to read anything from a piece of paper that has no white space on it, you know how hard that is. It's harder to live that way than to read that way. And so calendaring helps me with that. So the first thing was um, pain, the, the second pain of, um, of missed appointments. The second is pain of underperformance. And the third way is entirely unrelated to that. And this is from Michael Hyatt. I mentioned him last episode. I've learned so much from him about personal productivity. Uh, he created a document that's available at his website, against michaelhyatt.com, called The Ideal Work Week. Uh, and you just kind of create, okay, if I had complete control over my calendar, and none of us ever does, including <laughs> CEOs and important people, I mean, none of us ever has complete control over our calendar. But if you had complete control over your calendar, what would it look like? And so I've created an ideal work week. And at this time I get out of bed and then I walk the dog and then I go to the gym and then I get cleaned up and ready for work and, and I study. And all of that happens in the first two hours of my day, but that's all spelled out on my ideal work week. And then, you know, the recurring events are in there, things I've already talked about. Those are already in the ideal work week. There's time for co um, content creation, whether that's podcast content or a blog or whatever, um, working on my next book, you know, all of that. There's time built into the ideal work week. I have yet to have an ideal work week, and I've been using this practice <laughs> for three years. It's just not going to happen. But the closer I get, 
the more I am stewarding the things that God gave me to do. And so I love that concept. Uh, if you'd like to see mine, you can email me at rodellis at gmail.com. Rod, middle initial E, last name Ellis at gmail.com. And I'll send you mine. Michael's is better. Um, so that's just really helpful. Uh, he talks about, he does a lot with calendaring on his podcast. Um, he talks a lot about batching. So, uh, for example, we're recording more than one podcast episode right now because it's inefficient for Bethany to make more than one trip to our church. So we're recording a couple. Uh, do things that are like together. All of those are calendaring hacks that have really helped me learn to do this better. And so I just keep learning. I, I listen to leadership podcasts. I listen to personal productivity stuff, personal growth things, um, Entree Leadership Podcast from uh, Ramsey Solutions, Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast, Greg Rochelle, Andy Stanley, uh, all of those guys. And I just, I pick up tidbits and along the way, the tidbits get folded in or they don't. Some of them I've probably missed out on that I should use more and some that I don't. So um, let, let me get back to the calendaring specifically um, and, and talk just a little bit more practically. I want to prepare my calendar annually. That's what I just did for 2020. It's not quite done. There are three events I can't yet figure out where to put on that. Some of it depends on what other people tell me. But in general, the big blocks are done for 2020. And then I want to review my calendar weekly. I want to look at it and see what's coming, not just this week, but what's coming the next couple of weeks because I might need to do some preparation. I might need to do some adjustment. I mentioned in the in the recurring events that I, I spend a half a day every other month with long range planning. And by long range, I mean something from three to 12 months out. And, and that can be like a whole year from now. I could be um, planning something for December of 2020 right now. In fact, I, I'm, I was thinking this morning about a night of worship that we're gonna do in November of 2020 and how I wanna back into that. And it's October of 2019. So I'm not going to do a whole lot with that information, but it's going to make that event better because I'm thinking I want to get the whole the whole ministry team that's part of the night of worship around Chris Tomlin and Darren Whitehead's book, Holy Roar. I want to get the whole worship team on the same page. So I want us to read through that together in the months leading up to that. Well, I never would have had that thought if I weren't spending time on long range planning. And now you so, have time to do it. And now I have time to do it. I have time to budget for it. You know, we can buy a handful of books in case somebody can't afford their own. And so we'll build that into our budget. Uh, and so I don't just want to review my calendar weekly. I want to look at my calendar daily. I usually look at it the night, like the last thing on my calendar for work every day is to prepare for the next day. And I'll take 15 minutes or so and I'll just look at the next day and I'll think about it in my head. I'll make sure that the calendar's in place. If I need to remind somebody of a lunch meeting, I'll do that. But I want to review my calendar um, daily for the next day. And then very importantly, I want to live out my calling from my calendar daily. I don't want the only things on my calendar to be the things that allow me to live out my calling. If it's not going to help me live out God's calling on my life, it doesn't have a place in my calendar. Now, that doesn't mean I won't do fun things because God's <laughs> called me to a full life, right. not a boring life, not just a work life. So I calendar things like, let's go to the orchestra. Let's go to the Reds game. Let's go to the beach. Please, more of the beach. Always more of the beach. We just I mean, went I, to the beach. I know. I just got back. <laughs> um, but I always, always want more. So it isn't just that God's calling you know, is the serious things. God call, God's calling is about all parts of life. I, I want to live an integrated life, and I want my calendar to reflect that. You know, I find it really interesting that Jesus lived on the earth for 33 years. Yeah. And only three years of that, he was in full-time ministry. And get this, 
The Gospel of John says that Jesus did everything the Father sent him to do. Yeah. Does that not blow your mind? In three years, Jesus didn't do everything, but he did everything the Father sent him to do. I think that's extraordinary. And I crave, like it's hard for me to find a word strong enough, I crave to get to the end of my life and feel like I have done everything God called me to do. But God called Jesus to be a baby. That's right. He called Jesus to grow and to submit to his parents. Yeah, and to learn how to be a carpenter. He called him to learn the Torah. Yes. And to play games. Yeah. You know, that's part of a full life. Right. A holistic, well-rounded, abundant life. Yes. Those are, I believe that Jesus was being obedient to his father in those things. Absolutely. And I want to be at that level of obedience. I'm not there yet. Uh, but I really want everything I do to be in obedience to God. It's a way of thinking about stewardship of both money and time. Stewardship is not giving God 10% and then doing whatever you want with the other 90%. It's doing everything God wants you to do with 100% and at least 10% goes to your local church. I love that. And when you think about time the same way, you know, stewarding my time doesn't mean I go to church on Sunday. It means that I go to church on Sunday as a demonstration of the way that I'm living my whole life. Yes. And so if going to a movie is good stewardship of my time because I find that refreshing, I'm going to go to a movie. Mm -hmm. But if going to a movie is a waste of time and I'm no longer stewarding my time, then I don't want to go to that movie. So the same activity can be a holy or unholy activity depending on how I'm stewarding my time. And that's why calendaring matters. That's why it's not just hyper-practical, but incredibly spiritual. Yes. Because it is stewarding the time God gave you. It's the most precious resource we have. And I'm so glad that God gave us only 168 hours a week because I would waste so much more if he gave me any more. You know, I I take seriously the scripture that says we'll stand in front of God and give an account Mm. for every careless word we've said. Yeah. How much more for all of our careless seconds that we've spent. And I don't live in fear of that judgment. Yes. That doesn't make me live in fear. Right. I should live with a holy fear and an awe and a reverence that my time came to me from God. Right. My money doesn't come from my husband's job. Mm -hmm. It comes from God. Mm -hmm. These things belong to him. My children don't belong Mm. to me. They came from God. Yeah. And what I get to do is steward those things. Yes. And I want to steward them well. Yeah. All of all of them. All of all of them. Yeah. That's beautiful. I want to wrap up by saying, don't be a Pharisee with yourself. Don't be a calendar Nazi. <laughs> just, just don't. But be strong. Be courageous. You can move some of what is already on your calendar to empty spaces to make room for the requests of others. I've probably said this before on the podcast because I love it so much, but my pastor says often ministry is done when needs are met. Make sure your calendar is filled with meeting needs. And if needs come up that need to be met that aren't on your calendar, then meet the need if you can, and then find a way to calendar around it. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't focus on the external. Focus on the internal, but let the internal be expressed through the way that your calendar is put together. And I think you will find that you are able to do more than you thought, more than you ever have, and that you'll feel better about the things you're doing and better about the things you're not doing. And that just seems to me like a way 
to make ministry life thrive. Again, whether you're volunteer or part-time or full-time, your management of your time is going to have a whole lot to do with how effective you are at living out God's calling on your life. You schedule the time that you schedule so every soul sings. And you have to be refreshed to lead people well. You have to sleep You have to eat. You have to exercise. You have to do all of those things. It's not just so every soul sings is a catchphrase in what we do on Sunday morning. It really is the way we live our lives. And if you will live your life to the fullest potential that God has for you, then you will find that you're building a tribe of people whose souls are singing in ways that you've never experienced before. Something as practical as calendaring can help you make it so that every soul sings. And I love that. I love the integration of that. I love that too. Anything else, Bethany, before we go? Well, you hit upon it. You can't fill your calendar with meeting everybody else's needs Mm. all the time. Yeah. We have needs too. So you you must take care of those. Yeah. You must. I mean, when you you get grown, you have to do that for yourself. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Nobody says, time for lunch. No. No. I wish they did. Yeah. Or go to bed. Nobody says that to me. Yeah. I wish they would. Yeah. <laughs> but when we're grown, we must do those things for ourselves. Absolutely. And we can. Yes. And we should. Yeah. So do those things. Yeah. Um, for the glory of God and for the fulfilling of his, the, the building of his kingdom and for the fulfilling of the purposes he has on your life. Um, by all means. Yeah. Do those things. Amen. The first chapter of my book is about self-leadership. Uh, I think it's just called Leading Yourself. And the opening illustration is the classic that I heard from a dozen people before I put it in my book. If you're ever on an airplane, the flight attendant will say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. It's the same thing with calendaring. Take care of yourself first and the things that God is calling you to do first, and then you'll be in a better position to take care of all the people around you. So with that, thanks for listening. Can't wait to encounter you the next time whether whether that's by email or face to face or on the next podcast episode you're always welcome to reach out anything i can do for you i would love to do um, just to chat uh, to encourage to pray for you whatever so email me at rod ellis at gmail.com and let's hang out thank you for listening we'll see you next time